Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Sachs's Essay Today podcast. My name is Michelle Botcher, and I'm an associate professor at Clemson University. I'm also your host for this show. Today, we are going to be discussing Saxa, especially the perspective of our most recent past president, Sean Boda Mead. So welcome, Dr. Mead. So happy that you can join me today. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and I really appreciate the invitation. Absolutely. Can you take a minute and introduce yourself, but talk first about who you are outside of work? So what are your hobbies? What are things you're reading, watching, listening to? Um, for our listeners, we're actually recording this on January 6th. So coming off of a break, you might have had a little more time for life outside of work. So who are you? Tell us a little bit. Thank you so much. So yeah, so I'm a native Mississippian. Um, I'm currently, I currently live in Mississippi um, back home. And um, it's been great just to be closer to family, um, both my family and my husband's family, which within, you know, a couple of hours away. So we love to just any chance we get just to go visit um, family. Uh, yes. So over the holidays, I got caught up on a lot of my shows. I'm an avid Netflix watcher, Peacock watcher. Uh, and so I just love a couple of series that I was able to catch up on. Some of my shows are like The Voice. I love NBC The Voice or any singing competition because I don't sing at all, but I love to watch others sing. Um, so that's been great to just get caught up on over the break. And I have two little ones. And so they take a lot of, of time. I just love the holiday season, spending that with my family. Um, so yeah, it's been a great, really great relaxing winter break. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just to just I really feel rejuvenated going back into, you know, the 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 regular swing of things. Um, but I love to just, yeah, certainly like stay at home, cuddle up on the couch with a good book. Uh, listening to music, uh, you know, just things, all those things just really soothe my soul and just rejuvenate me to, you know, continue the great work that we, that I try to do, you know, in my professional life. Wonderful. Well, if you have little ones at home, you probably got caught up on their shows too. Oh, oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, of course. Um, There's a, one of them is there's a Spider-Man song that, uh, and we have listened to that song probably a thousand times that he just absolutely loves. It's called Sunflower. Uh, And so I know Sunflower now, (laughs) you know, every word. Uh, So absolutely. We got to fit their shows in as well. Very good. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Thanks for giving us a glimpse into who you are. Um, What about, we always talk about how small the field of student affairs is. So if you want to talk a little bit about your journey into student affairs and maybe who have been some of those key people for you. um, I always like to imagine listeners hear you mention names and go, oh, I know them too. So Tell us about that part of your world. Absolutely. So uh, my my student affairs journey started as an undergraduate, actually, at Mississippi State uh, University. So that's where I, I did my undergraduate work. And um, I was I worked as an RA. I was involved in different things on campus, like uh, 
being a resident assistant and being a road runner were probably two of the most influential uh, experiences I had. And a road runner is a student recruiter. So I worked very closely with the Office of Admissions. And so one summer, I actually got to work for the vice president of student affairs, Dr. Jimmy Abraham, as a work study student, actually, mm -hmm. uh, for one summer. And that is the summer that really introduced me to, to the field of student affairs. My, I was tasked with putting together all of the annual reports from um, the various de departments within the division. And I was and that was my introduction, like, wow, like I could do this, you know, um, as a professional career. And so my um, that year, my senior year of, of, at state, my hall director at the time introduced me to SPE, the Southern Placement Exchange um, that used to take place in Memphis. I, I'm not sure if it's still taking place now or not, um, but it was essentially a big job fair. And I went there looking for a residence uh, director position. I was particularly looking for graduate assistant resident uh, director positions, but um, I was sort of walking throughout the the uh, the set the whole conference setup and uh, Lynn Holland, Dr. Lynn Holland at Western Kentucky University, who's become now fast forward certainly one of the most influential people in terms of my professional career. She actually saw me at SP and and, and saw my name tag and she's like, you know, I don't see your name on our interview list <laughs> and. Um, and I said, well, I've never heard of Western Kentucky University before. <laughs> and uh, but I, I signed up right then and interviewed with them. And I really just fell in love with her. Um, the person that ended up becoming my supervisor, Ben Ellis, uh, a, another, you know, huge influence um, in my professional career. And that was it. I ended up I went to Western Kentucky um, and the position was actually a full time hall director position was assistant full-time assistant hall director position so I worked on my master's degree um while also working full-time and so I was at Western Kentucky for three years and at that I mean just so many people there uh Aaron Huey Dr. Monica Berg Dr. Huey they were my professors um and and Western was also big sax you know connected to SACSA as well and so that really was like those were the people that shaped me into the professional that I became, but also helped introduce me to sex as well. Um, and so I got my start in housing and residence life. And during that time, I really just sort of fell in love with multicultural affairs and services as well. Uh, Dr. C.J. Woods was the director of multicultural affairs at the time. Um, and I did a practicum for his office Loved it so much. I just sort of kept volunteering. Um, and he has been one of my mentors in terms of just diversity work in, in higher ed and sort of really was influential as I made that shift over to the diversity equity inclusion side of the house. So, so many people, I can name so many others, but um, those are some for sure early on in my career, especially, but, you know, as I've, as I've grown in my career, that's continued to be, you know, great mentors, great sources of support. It's wonderful when you can find someone early on absolutely. and they remain your go-to to kind yeah. of check in with. So, yeah, so talk a little bit about your journey from there to your role now. So, yeah. you know, so, for people I'm, who may be aspiring or curious just about your experience, how'd you get there? Yes, absolutely. So I started in housing and residence life. I made the shift after Western Kentucky. Um, I, I 
transitioned to Texas A&M University. And um, two of the things that I really love, like servant leadership and community service and social justice, diversity, inclusion, the perfect position was at Texas A&M. And so I, because I had worked on my master's degree while working full-time, when I finished, I had three years of full-time work experience plus the master's degree. Mm -hmm. So I was eligible for some positions that others who had just done the traditional graduate assistant route weren't. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I, I started Texas A&M as a student development specialist three was the title. And it brought together social justice and community service, uh, service learning type work. Mm -hmm. um, and I absolutely love Texas A&M. Uh, but then I, I met my husband. Well, I knew my husband before we got engaged and uh, it just worked out where I trained, I, you know, for, for me to move back to Mississippi where he was working at the University of Southern Mississippi. So I ended up transitioning back to housing and residence life uh, at Southern Miss. So I was only at Texas a for one year. Um, and so, you know, that certainly wasn't in my plans, but, you know, family and personal life, it just, it worked out where I transitioned back to Southern Miss. So stayed at Southern Miss for four years in housing residence life, primarily working as assistant director, um, working with front desk operations, first year student experience. And even during all, all that time, I was still finding ways to do in, integrate diversity inclusion work into the work that I was doing, volunteering with other areas of campus. And so my first role officially in diversity, equity, and inclusion came at uh, the University of Tennessee, Knoxville. And um, Dr. Melissa Shivers mm -hmm. and Dr. TJ, uh, Tanisha Jenkins, who people that I actually met at my very first SACSA um and wow. were just influential you know just throughout my career as well um th those are the people Tanisha was my direct supervisor Melissa was the assistant vice president of student affairs student life um and she officially hired me into my first associate, associate director role for the office of multicultural student life and um, I was there for a couple of years the opportunity to come back home to the University of Mississippi, to back to Miss, the, the state of Mississippi. Uh, I wasn't really looking to leave, but it was just one of those opportunities that I get to come back home to my home state. It was a director position of a brand new office. So I got to come back to, uh, come to the University of Mississippi, which is the arch rival of Mississippi State. <laughs> so I never, ever thought that I would come here, but it's actually, it's been a, a, the most amazing professional uh, experience that I've had in terms of being able to grow my career. Um, so I came here, um, got to open and create the Center for Inclusion and Cross-Cultural Engagement. So I got to build really from the ground up, build this, build that center. Um, and over time, our diversity efforts have evolved on the campus where we've created a division of diversity and community engagement. Mm -hmm. So going back, all right, that first job right after master's was community and diversity. And so now this is my division. I was first promoted to assistant vice uh, chancellor for diversity and inclusion, and then promoted to, I served in the interim capacity as the vice chancellor for a little bit. Um, and then I was promoted to vice chancellor. And so I've been serving as vice chancellor since about September of 2021. And so that's been my, that's been my career path. And it's just like, you know, from the very beginning, like volunteering and in, in those uh in, in that practicum experience longer than it actually happened and my other practicum experience was in the in the um 
service area, that first job. So all of those things came together. Uh, the passion that I have, the love that I have for higher ed into this perfect sort of opportunity now. And so, uh, and certainly many, many people along the way who who poured into me and, and, and um, helped me along the way. I love that. So it's perhaps not random that Dr. Shivers was the opening keynote, huh? Given your <laughs> connection. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely. Not. I knew how amazing she was. Um, she was, um, so Saxa used to do a new professionals um, luncheon. Mm -hmm. So I, I was seated at her table as, as so she was the mentor and I was one of the mentees seated at her table. So absolutely. She had a lasting impact on me, you know, throughout my whole career. I've actually, I used to tell her like, I want to be just like you when I grow up, you know? Um, so absolutely not. It was not, um, <laughs> you know, it was certainly intentional that she was on the list. Um, cause I just knew how awesome she was and, and would be, you know, during the conference. Well, I love your story because it's really a perfect example of how the pieces come together and how relationships matter and are sustained Absolutely. over time. So, um, and she did a wonderful job. I, I'm convinced all of the students from Clemson who were at Saxa this year are looking for jobs at Ohio State. I'm just sure of that. So, um, another thing yeah. that I no, find. Go ahead. I'm sorry. And what I what I know about her is that she absolutely lived that, right? Like that yeah, is, yeah. I, I remember when I first went to Tennessee, my it took a while for my husband to transition. So I I went to Tennessee with my, my son was 10 months old. So just me and him until my husband was able to get there about six months later. Uh -huh. And I know, you know, like how supportive she was and how she really knew like take care of the person first. And mm -hmm. so I, I thought that was a perfect message for, oh, for everybody, you know, in a great yeah. 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 It was, um, the, I didn't see anybody in the room disagreeing with a single yeah. thing she said. So, um, and I think we needed to hear it. It's like you, you said, especially coming out of, yeah. hopefully we're coming out of the pandemic and some reality checks, I think, for people there. Um, the other thing that I don't think I realized until you were just sharing your story. So you've always been in the Saxa region. I've always. Career. Yeah, hey, that's a requirement. Okay, all right. <laughs> uh, yes, I've always been in the Saxa region. And uh, I think that's that's also been intentional, I think. But um, absolutely, that's been, that's been, um, I've always been in the region. So I've all, I, so since graduate school, since I first started, I've been active. Uh, actively involved in Saxa since 2006. Well, okay, all right. Yeah. So, so you're, first, you're on the edge of an anniversary with Saxa. Yeah, right? that's right. That's, that's right. Cool. Yeah. yeah, my first Saxa was 2006, and a name that I hadn't mentioned, and I have to mention because um, she was actually uh, Dr. Ann Bailey was the director of housing at Mississippi State when I was an undergraduate. And I actually came back to Starkville just for a homecoming and I ran into her. Like while I was in grad school, I ran into her and she was president of Saxon at the time. And it was her who got me involved on my first Saxon committee before I even came to a conference, right? She, she signed me up. <laughs> and so I, I always have to give credit to her as well for just getting me connected. Even though Western Kentucky was a big, a big Saxon school, I don't know if I realized the value of, you know, going to conferences and getting involved 
or that at that point in my career. And so it was really, you know, when I talked to Dr. Bailey and in, in the nail salon of all places, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, she she sort of she she sold me and um and and got me connected early on. Oh, that's great. Yeah. You've already touched on sort of how you initially got connected. So as a, a graduate student, it sounds like that was your first sort of entrance to SACSA. What what keeps you here? Like, what was it about that experience? What is it about your longer term experience with the organization that keeps you engaged? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that first conference in Jacksonville, Florida, I think, you know, it, it certainly sold me. Right. Because I absolutely um, had a, a wonderful uh, experience and it was really the people, you know, that I met, like that I met like you know, sort of my age group who were colleagues who have become friends, who have become, you know, my professional advisors, and we keep in touch to this day. Mm -hmm. Um, and even have a group me that we, you know, like we we're in, in touch on a regular basis. Just and all of us we connected at that first axa in 2006. Um, and so certainly it was the people, right? Because I when I come back to Saxa, and I know people say this a lot, but it really does feel like a family reunion that you're coming back to see old friends but then it's also the quality of the you know it's been the quality of the 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 program the session the speakers the opportunity to you know present you know in a in an environment that wasn't you know overwhelming or um you know and then it's and it's also for me it's been the opportunity to get involved so it was i, I love i've always loved just coordinating and organizing and doing things like that. And so it was, even if it was a little small job, like my very first um, volunteer role was decorating at the uh, awards luncheon. <laughs> that was the committee I was first on and I helped decorate, but that was one little small piece in the conference. But to me, like it was a way that I was able to contribute. And so I, you know, from there, just signing up, joining committees and finding small ways that I can contribute. And that has made, you know, that's been very fulfilling for me. And those small things, right, those small volunteer roles led to, you know, more opportunity, um, serving as chairs of various committees and to the EC and, you know, uh, getting to serve as conference chair, um, and then, you know, president. And so um, really all of those roles over time that no matter how small they were, you know, doing those the best that I could do them. And um, and I was super intimidated. I think I, I shared this as president this year with some of the new uh, professionals and new members that I uh, got to talk to. I was so intimidated by the executive council, right? Like, I, you know, I really quit, like, do I belong here? Can I contribute here? And so it really was me just finding a little role that I could play. Uh, but people notice, right? Like, you know, um, Roland Bullard called me up the first time and invited, he, he encouraged me to um, run for executive council. At the time, it was like 2009, I was, you know, still fairly new in my career as a professional. And I was like, me, you know, like, <laughs> I like really, you must have nobody else. <laughs> and, uh, but he was the one, you know, like it's somebody else sort of seeing something in you that you didn't even see in yourself. And I feel like that's sort of been throughout, like people in SACSA tapping you as a young professional, getting you involved, 
inviting like other past presidents giving me an opportunity to serve on a committee like all of those things have meant just so much you know and giving you that confidence like to that you you know you I can do this I belong here I can do this um and that's really just been you know that's been my my path through Saxon so each year having some role no matter how big or small um and all of those are have you know led to again being conference chair in 2017 which I absolutely was an amazing experience to you know, uh, being president this past this this past year, you must have done a really good job with those decorations. <laughs> <laughs> I must have. I knocked it out of the park. <laughs> That's right. So okay, so you've found an organization that that means a lot to you. Um, there are lots of people who have that, but they never take that step to okay. Let me let me try this president thing. So what was it for you that inspired you to do that? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, again, I think that was something that when I saw the presidents on those stage and, you know, convening the meeting, like I was like, that's not I don't think I could ever do that. Right. I could never do what Melissa does, you know, and um, and I, I realized, I, you know, I had to part of it was you know, as I grew on, it grew in my own professional career, like I, I definitely want to make sure the timing was right, right? Because I had thought about it, people had asked me about it over over time and I and I declined because I the timing for me wasn't right, uh, personally, professionally. But um, so in 2019, when I ran for, for um, uh, president-elect, like that was the time that I knew, I knew that now is the time I... I I think I was confident enough in my own, um, you know, ability to to lead the association, having enough knowledge and experience with the association and understanding multiple aspects of the, um, you know, business side of the association. Like I, I, I had to feel ready personally. And before, you know, I didn't necessarily feel that way. And so um, when I finally felt ready, I, I you know, I, I stuck my name in the hat. But but certainly uh, it, it, it took, you know, like since I, again, I've been involved since 2006. So it's been, you know, many years. Um, but for me, it was really having all of those other experiences in multiple area and multiple aspects of the association. I felt like prepared me, you know, well um, to lead um, the executive council, to lead the association. Um, yeah. Awesome. So I think I have this right. I just thought of it. Mm -hmm. You will hopefully forever be the longest serving president elect, correct? <laughs> that's that's right. So uh so Jason Cassidy, who was just amazing to work with. I, I he as as president elect to be able to work with him for those two years, like I always, we were like in 2019 in Raleigh, when we all officially transitioned to those roles, none of us ever saw the pandemic coming. Right. Um, but it was, the, we all, like, we were the right group of people at the right time, you know, to get the association through that pandemic. And Jason in particular as president was the right person. And so absolutely like having two years as president-elect, uh, it was a blessing. I mean, it really was to be able to work with, um, Jason for that long to really watch and learn from him for two years. 
um, and to prepare, you know, for two years that that certainly was unexpected, but um, very much I'm, I'm glad that it, everything happened the way, you know, that it did. Mm-hmm. So when you originally decided, OK, I, this is what I'm going to do. I, I'm just guessing, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but you probably had some ideas of, you know, things you wanted to make happen, some goals for the organization. Mm -hmm. What were some of those? And then how did those sort of change or evolve during your time into and through the presidency? Absolutely. So, you know, one of the things that we really officially sort of start to make goals for the association during that time as as, as um, president-elect. So this that really did give me, you know, two years, right, to really think about the, the association. And because of the pandemic, we knew that there were some unique challenges that we would be facing, you know, as an association. Um, and so particularly around membership and recruitment efforts. And that was something that 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 had always been on my mind and in terms of sort of growing that next generation of leaders. That was one of the things that I've always you know been passionate about. I actually got to serve as the talent development um, chair one year where I was able to sort of help identify up and coming leaders and present that slate of folks to uh, the current that president at the time. It was uh, uh, Ellen Newfeld at the time. Uh, and she still to this day talk about how how helpful that was. Mm-hmm. And so I really that was certainly one of the things that top of mind for me, like going into, you know, into the president elect role. But certainly as the pandemic, uh, we, you know, impacted our membership, our um, conference. Obviously, we weren't able to have that 2020 conference. 2021, we were able to have it, but the, the numbers certainly were lower, you know, than, than we've had in the past. And so it really was like one of the big goals and priority moving into the presidency role, really with the support of the full executive council too, was that membership engagement and recruitment, just really actively, how do we re-engage, um, how do we re-engage um, our members? Another thing that happened during that time was the transition of our executive director position, um, from Dr. Dr. Buck to um, Tony Coffin. And so part of my role, Jason, Jason helped lead us through that process. And then my role was, was to really kind of complete that um, transition. So that was another big priority um, for us, for sure. We also, um, we also, our, our last strategic plan ended in um, 2020. So we had not had a strategic plan in place. So that was another big goal was to make sure that we created a framework for our 2022 to 2025 um, strategic plan. And so we were able to accomplish that as well. So those those were some of the the big, um, big, the big pieces, um, a big, big uh, goals um, that we were able to accomplish this year. Great. So we're only a few months away from the conference. What what are some highlights for you? You mentioned the celebration of Joe Buck, which was beautiful throughout the the entire conference. Um, But what what are highlights for you from that experience? Absolutely. Absolutely. The celebration of Joe Buck absolutely um, hands down was. Um, I'm so I'm so you know, I'm so glad that I I was able to, to be a part of that and. 
Um, he actually sent me, I just got it in the mail yesterday. He just sent me the nicest note, you know, just thanking, you know, me, but certainly that thanks and appreciation uh, extends to the full uh, association and, and all the folks who helped coordinate the celebration. But um, that was very special uh, for me. Uh, but just over the years, I mean, he's been just so, he's been, you know, just so the stable, uh, you know, face of SAXA. Um, and so certainly wanted, I'm so glad that we were able to honor him, um, in a way that I think was very meaningful for, for him and his family. Um, so that, that hands down was the highlight, but, um, but also I think with, with, with celebrating him, so many other past presidents came back as well. And so it was really great to see, uh, I think we probably, we probably had the largest number of past presidents back, certainly for some time, you know, just having so many uh, of them to come back and be part of the, of the, um, of Joe's celebration. So I think that was very special to just connect with them, always learn from them and, you know, to hear how, um, you know, again, things that we think, oh, we've never dealt with this, but like, in fact, you know, during their time that this was a, a challenge or this was something that they tried before, you know, and so it was always just great to learn, um, you know, from, from them and hear their stories. Um, you know, I, I really love being in, in Birmingham. I thought that, um, just thinking about that historical significance of Birmingham. And so the, our theme, um, elevating voices, uh, to enhance our future this year, I was really pleased at how it came together in terms of providing um, opportunities to have conversations that we might not normally have or, or certainly just elevate voices and conversations that needed to be had, particularly in, in you know, in the wake of the pandemic and, and other, um, you know, injustices that have really come to the forefront over the last couple of years. So I was just overall, I was just very pleased with the, you know, the engagement, the level of, of conversation um, that, that we were able to have throughout the conference. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good one. Thank uh, you. Yeah. I haven't been to all of them since I started <laughs> in the region, but I've been to almost all of them. And yeah. this was a really good one. Yeah. Um, you, you've touched on this already, but I want to give you a chance to expand if you choose to. Who have been some of your SACSA-specific mentors? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so absolutely, um, Melissa Shivers, um, Dr. Monica Burke, Dr. Aaron Huey, um, Roland Bullard, all of them are doctors. I didn't say doctor for everybody, <laughs> but Roland. Um, certainly uh, C.J. Woods uh, as well. Um, and and because again, some of those professional that I've worked with also have been the SACSA. Um, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I got to be conference chair under the leadership of uh, Matt Varga. So he was the president who um, tapped me to be his conference chair. Mm -hmm. And so I'm always appreciative of, of Matt. Matt Clifford, um, when I uh, was when he was conference chair, asked me to be his programs chair. So again, all of those experiences, right, like gave me those opportunities. And so I'm always grateful just for being asked or tapped to, to serve on certain certain roles. Kevin Bailey, who's um, not actively involved in Saxon anymore, but he was the first uh, conference chair who gave me an opportunity to be on his conference plan committee. You know, so I, I remember all of that, like, no matter how long it's been, I mean, those, those folks have just been, you know, integral and just, um, 
you know, keeping me engaged and involved in SACSA. Um, Ellen Newfield, um, uh, Deb Kladifko, like they've all given me, you know, just opportunities to be on their teams, on their leadership teams. Um, and currently I, I've gotten to work closely with Tony Coughton as, um, as executive director. So my year's president was his first year as executive director. And we were figuring it out <laughs> you know, <laughs> together, but, um, but I couldn't have asked for just a better person just to be, you know, in my corner. Um, and I, and, and that goes for Jason Cassidy too. So we just had a great team of folks, um, you know, or, or I had a great team of folks around me, the entire executive um, council. Um, and then there are the people who are a little bit younger than me that might consider me a mentor, but I still learn from them a lot. And that's, you know, um, uh, Jess Wildfire, who was my conference chair this year, you know, um, and so I, I, she, she, she started a little bit after I did, but any, like when I was conference chair, I picked her to be my program's chair as president. She was my uh, conference chair. And so those, have, you know, and, and other members of my um, team and, up and coming, like that I really see is that next generation, Fred Tugas, uh, Chris Inderitu, Thomas Bruick, you know, Reggie Lane, like I just named so many others too. But um, so it's been great for me to also be able to, um, you know, probably invite them and, and task them. And they always say yes, um, you know, to any invitation that I give them. Uh, but just to, you know, just to sort of Foster again that cultivating that next generation, and and that's why I feel so strongly that the the future of Saxa is so bright. You know that I know we have um, great leaders um, who do great things, right? And volunteering for an association that has given I think us all so much that we you know just have that opportunity to give back to it. You know, I, everything that you're saying really is such a beautiful testimony to the organization. Because I'm in lots of organizations and almost all of them say, oh, if you want to get involved, just reach out. Okay, that's yeah. not really how it works, but that is how it works. That's in that's how it works. That's and, it, and it also doesn't feel like, oh, we've got somebody, so we'll put all, we'll overload them. That's right. It is so collaborative and communal. And um, your story really just captures that Thank in you. a really beautiful way. Um, so now that we've built up the organization, told everybody how great it is, everyone now wants to be president of it. <laughs> what advice do you have for them, for people who are, you know, this is something yeah. like you said, when the time is right, I really want to go for what advice do you have? Yeah, I think that's absolutely it. I think you, you know, to serve as president, you certainly want to have a, a, a strong understanding and foundation of the association. And so I think you learn that and you gain that experience and those skills through just involvement, right, in other aspects. And so, and that's why, you know, that volunteering, again, no matter if it is decorating at the luncheon, right, no matter how big, small, no matter if you get public recognition for it, you know, who you think might know about it or see it, you know, somebody's watching, right? And somebody knows. And that, and when the time comes for, you know, recommendations or, you know, putting your name, your name will be, you know, sort of elevated or you can come forth and sort of express your own interest. But I think it really is just about finding the, just the simple things the you know, easy ways, getting involved as a member of a committee, 
when the time is right, you may have the opportunity to serve as a chair of that role and, you know, just progressively sort of looking for those opportunities. And so, because you certainly, again, as president, you certainly want to make sure that you have that wide, you know, experience of, you know, and understanding of the association so that you can continue to lead it. I mean, there's been so many, you know, just such great momentum over the years um, coming from, I, mean, I remember in 2008 when financially we were, you know, in a really difficult, tough place and, you know, great decision-making over the years and positioning the association just to come continue to advance through all of that. You know, we're now in a very strong um, financial place and just as a, in a strong place as an association. And so, you know, you want to make sure that you have that understanding of how to just continue that momentum, right? And 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 um, and so for me, it's like for Saxa, it's not because because what we've been doing, I think, over the years, it works, right? And it's not so it's not certainly not about coming in sort of recreating, you know, or changing things up. But I think it's certainly about identifying where can we improve, right? And and certainly having that conversation, like. How can we continue to get better? But it's certainly not throwing things out that we've been doing because that those things have been working. Um, but I think it's certainly always that place to improve. And, and now we're having those critical conversations, right? Like as an association, what's next? What is our future? What does our future look like? Where do we make, you know, where do we need to make some changes? Um, and so I'm really excited to continue work with Don. Um, Stansberry is in his role as president. And even the structure of SACSA, it's all intentional, right? You have that president-elect, president role, and then the past president role, so that you have, you're surrounded by, you know, those individuals who can continue to just be your corner. So I'll get to be in Don's corner this year as he leads the association forward. Um, and so, but yeah, I think certainly like it truly is like when we say go to the involvement fair, get involved. We did a virtual involvement fair um, last year as well. Um, Don created this year for his leadership team or just volunteers a, an online form that you could just go and express your interest. And he was getting people plugged in that way. Mm -hmm. So truly just answer the call, like sign up their volunteer opportunities that will come as, as the conference um, gets closer. So if it's just you sitting at a table for one hour, just know how that makes a difference, right? Because it's a volunteer led association. And then we really do rely on the strength of our volunteers to, you know, to be able to function. And so uh, we accept it and really appreciate all volunteers, but that also gives you that opportunity and that experience you know, to to take on more active leadership roles, you know, over time. Mm -hmm. This has been such an easy episode. I mean, you're super easy to talk to and I'm taking notes as you're talking, things I want to think more about. As we kind of get to the wrap up point, are there other things that you want to talk about or um, questions that I should have asked that I missed the opportunity I, I yield. The floor is okay. yours. <laughs> well, I really just, you know, I love to just share my sex story. And I always encourage people to think about what's your sex story, right? And like, and how do you continue to write it? Um, and I think because of the, you know, just the culture of the association, um, you know, we try to make it as I think um, comfortable and communal and, I think really thinking about how do we really live those uh, core values, um, collegiality, 
professionalism and inclusivity. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, SACSA, I think, has always demonstrated that um, that it, it, this is a place for anyone uh, at any level. Um, graduate students certainly are the future of the association and we love and welcome our graduate students. But, you know, mid-level professionals, senior um, student affairs officers, faculty, I mean, it really is an association for everyone. And there's a piece, you know, throughout the, the annual conference. We are hoping to continue to expand our non-conference um, programming opportunities and experiences as well. But it really does have just a little something for everybody as a generalist, a generalist um, association. Um, so, you know, if you're looking for a professional home, I think SACSA, uh, for me, and I know so many others who, you know, would echo um, those same sentiments, like, it, it really is, like, I, I've missed one conference, and that was because I had a baby. <laughs> and That's um, a pretty good reason. That was, <laughs> The, yeah, the baby was only about a month old. And, and so it was funny because my my first, um, I, when I was on the, my first uh, conference, when I had my baby, he was about three or four months old. So I still came with him. But uh, this second one was only about a month old. So I was like, no, that's probably not not a good idea. But I think that just, I just share that to just share, you know, how much I truly do love the association. Um, and, and, you know, for me, giving back to it is just because it's just given me so so, so very much um, um, personally and, and professionally. And so I hope others will certainly, um, you know, finding ways like as a graduate student, I think a lot of people come to the conference, they have a great experience, but I do certainly uh, just that, that continued engagement, that continued involvement. I think it's an association that you'll find that if you do stay engaged, stay involved, then certainly there will be, um, it, it will be rewarding in, in lots of different ways, ways that you may not even, you know, initially think about. Mm -hmm. Well, and again, your, your narrative of your experiences, people brought me in, I was in, I'm invested, and now it's I'm, time for me to bring yeah. in people to continue the work. So that's absolutely. Well, I joke with people sometimes that I really don't enjoy conferences, but I, I need to quit <laughs> saying that because I really do. SACSA does not overwhelm me yeah. the way that other conferences do. Yeah. And it does, and I, I don't want this to sound cliche, but I know that it will. It does feel like coming home mm -hmm. a lot of times because there are people that that might be the only place you see them over the course of a year, but you know, they're always going to be at Saxon. You know they're so. going to be there. And yeah. it's like you, and it's like, you don't skip a beat, right? Like right. You, you reconnect and then, you know, out for me, like, and then feel re-energized to go back. Right? right. And to learn, you know, things that you can take back. And so for me, that that's where the real value certainly is. And just those relationships again, it's just. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Um, I, I have one more question for you before we go. What is something that is bringing you hope right now? And that can be personal, work, whatever whatever speaks to your spirit right now. Oh, wow. So personally, I didn't say this earlier, but I've, I've really just been on a health journey. Um making sure that I am eating healthy and just taking care of myself, you know, personally. 
Um, and so that has been very hopeful for me because I, now that I am, I have sort of reinvested in myself in terms of my own wellness and my own health. And, um, but that just helps me be better, right. In all other aspects of my life, you know, as a, as a mom, as a wife, but also at work, mm-hmm. uh, for SACSA, you know, for other, other things that I'm involved in, engaged in. And so I just feel better right overall and so I'm very hopeful about um I won't say the new me but just you know just the the me who's actually being intentional about her own health and wellness that is beautiful and super timely for people to hear <laughs> yeah. as well so that's right that's awesome absolutely well one more time thank you for your time thank you for your insights and all of the gifts that you gave to me and to listeners today um and very much thank you for your leadership with saxa as well thank you it was an incredible experience to serve as president i'm i'm president i'm still very much humbled by it um and i i just really like you said just still have i i feel like i have many years ahead of me still in the profession and so uh i i really am going to be committed to that next generation of leaders and and giving back um again to the association that's just given so much to me so i really appreciate the time time to just share my saxa story and and also share more about um this year um of of leadership under uh you know of the association Wonderful. Well, there's always work to do, but it's always. nice to be able to do it with good people. So <laughs> That's absolutely right. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you again. Um, all the best in 2023 and, and moving ahead. As we wrap up today, I want to make sure that I remind you all that SAXA's Essay Today podcast is brought to you by SAXA. We thank them for their support. And to leave you with a quote, Give Light and People Will Find the Way by Ella Baker. My name is Michelle Botcher. It has been a pleasure to host this episode and have a beautiful day.